Today we're doing an advice hour on medium format here at That Vintage Lens. It's always been my belief that you can't build a successful future without knowledge of the past. At That Vintage Lens, we're doing just that, refining our craft and building our skills in this visual art by learning from photographers and with equipment past. So join us on our little adventures as we chat about film photography in the modern age. You might learn something. I know we will. All right, hey everyone, and welcome back to That Vintage Lens. We are here talking about medium format cameras today, kind of in a unique episode. We're not talking about, uh, you know, the best medium format or why to shoot medium format, stuff like that, but more along the lines of, hey, if you're looking to buy a medium format camera, what are you going to get? Um, that's partly because the two gentlemen next to me, Daniel Gebert and Cody Hilliard, are both looking at medium format cameras. Uh, we were sitting at a Denny's this morning, and uh, Cody was pulling up um, a Mia C330s. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do a little bit of a, we're having this conversation about why that medium format camera versus another medium format camera. And, I, and it was like, you know what, let's just all get together and do it on the podcast. So there's a, there's a lot of options out there. There are a lot of options. There so let's, are. let's chat through this. So, um, first off, what, what are you looking at and why? Well, so as you guys know, I've been shooting, uh, for medium format, the Yashica A. And overall, I've just been obsessed with being able to open up the the top lid, Mm -hmm. look down, frame something up. The waist level. The waist level finder. is It's so nice. Um, And I'm just kind of used to that form factor of the TLR. Mm -hmm. And I think having some more... uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Quality? Not quality. Um... I want to say accessibility. I can't think of it. Um, to have something to where I can put on uh, different lenses. Yeah. You know, because I feel kind of restricted. So yeah. I guess mm-hmm. less restrictions. Okay. Yeah. Um, the close focus, uh, having the bellows and that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like with the C three thirty, I would, I would get that. Yeah. Um, but then still have the TLR form factor, which yeah. I love and the look of it. Yeah. It feels very vintage. Yeah, because with, with SLRs, you can, you know, if you want to focus closer or choose a different focal length, you can pretty easily. But that's yeah. not quite as common. I mean, with medium format, I feel like, you know, you have the Mamiya's, uh, like the, the, um, the S1000 that... Daniel, you and I shoot on, which, I mean, you can get multiple lenses for that. There are lots of medium format cameras you can switch out lenses for, but TLRs, not typically. Yeah. No. And, and to the lenses for it look pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, yeah. Topped on top of That's each other. That's a big yeah. TLR. Yeah. How, how big is it? Like the, I, mean, the I, I feel like it, it's, it's probably in, yeah. It's chunkier than your Yashica in every dimension. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. It, with it's that. got those like knobs for focusing. It's a really pretty camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have something? Because um, you were talking about you've tried out range finders on the 35 mil side for a while, and not a huge fan of it just because the image is you know it shifted up and to the left of where your actual taking lens is, yeah. and that bugs you. But you've you have a couple of cameras where your viewfinder lens or on the TLR, you know your your viewport is directly above. Mm-hmm the taking lens and you don't have an issue with that. Like your Kodak pony is that way and mm-hmm. your Yashica is that way. Is, is that something that you're really drawn to or are you drawn to the waist level viewfinding aspect of it? Because there are also cameras like the, 
the Bronica SQAI, which Andy has, which is mm-hmm. a waste little viewfinder. It's a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. I and feel like a lot of the, the medium format cameras in that range, uh, the the 6x6 cameras, a lot of them have waste level view, viewfinder options. For sure. So Because yeah. the old Bronica that I've got does. I mean, Hasselblads have them. Yep. Um, yeah, and certainly like the Hasselblad is, and the Roloflex are like two of the big players in that game. Yeah. yeah. Of like 6x6 or, or medium format in general. I guess between the rangefinder and kind of that that top that top goodness, man. yeah no that topped lens, um, and and with the TLR, my issue is when I'm using a rangefinder, like I want my composition to be exactly what I'm getting. Like when mm-hmm. I'm looking through that finder, that's that needs to be what it is, and with the the TLR and the waist waist down and that topped lens. I really haven't noticed that my composition changes that much. Yeah. But with the rangefinder, I found that. Yeah. And so I do like the TLR. I think mainly because of, of its of its look. And I know that sounds. No, there's I definitely mean, like a uniqueness factor to yeah, every camera that I have. Yeah, I just like the the operation of a TLR versus something as the Mimia six four five or the yeah. Bronica. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just. It's a different look. It's a different look. Yeah, it's a different look. I mean, it feels I, good. I I feel like we shouldn't discount the look of the cameras too, because a large reason for shooting film is what how you feel, and mm-hmm. a large portion of how you feel is based on you know how your whether you like your camera or not, mm-hmm. um, and and like the looks. Um, I mean, it's you know as fast as your car is, if it looks stupid, then it's not as fun yeah yeah you know so if, but if yeah. you got a, a really cool looking car that is also fast then yeah looks are a big Best part both worlds. it's a big part yeah. yeah but i think that goes hand in hand with like the usability of it mm-hmm. you know like the or the, the form factor you know you have the the winder on the right mm-hmm. you have the little meter on on the left mm-hmm. it, that is what i'm looking for and gotcha. i feel like with the tlr that's what i'm getting it's that definitely a significant step up from the Ishika. Oh, yeah. You have hard stops on your winder, so you don't have to like guess, like, did I advance the film yet? I, I don't know. Which is the worst. Am I going to do a double frame? <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times Cody's like, I I, she. I don't remember if I wound it or not. Yeah. Because it's just like this little dial that you spin until you're at the next frame, and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and this, that's a, that's a, that is a grown-up camera. I mean, that's a really, really fun camera mm-hmm. and unique. I've never seen one in the wild. I don't think. Really? I've never just. I've never just seen someone with a C three thirty. But I've seen Hasselblads. I've seen Mamias. I've seen Bronicas. I've seen all that kind of thing. So yeah. Let's pause for one second. Sorry. All right, now that I have silenced the refrigerator and are in this <laughs> hotel room that was making noise, so so have you pretty much decided on the C three thirty? Then are you still looking around? I'm still gonna be looking around. I don't think I'll ever make a decision. Yeah, like I said in the other podcast, I'm like, there, I have to be satisfied with what I've got because mm-hmm. if I'm not, then I'll never be happy. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Daniel, you're looking at some too. Yeah, totally different direction than Cody. I am a big fan of rangefinders. Yeah, and I've I've wanted to dip my toe into larger formats. Mm-hmm. The biggest the biggest negative that I can make right now is six four five. Mm. And I I thought you were going to say the biggest negative to rangefinders is that 
I don't know. Something oh, else. no, 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 no. It's funny. Like, negative meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. different things. In so. this case, it's a very good thing. Yes. Um, yeah, the 645 negative I found is is great. It scans super easily. I love I love scanning them. Uh, I really like the 15 shots that I get on a roll on the on the mm-hmm, Mimiya. Mm-hmm. And going to, you know, you're always kind of looking for the, the next step, right? And whether or not it's that the form factor of the Mamiya doesn't necessarily... Uh, make me want to go out and shoot with it on the street. Um, it's kind of a strange shape. Of the 645, it doesn't make you... Um, the camera is just a little bit odd feeling. It's hmm. it's kind of a weird weird thing to hold. There's not a necessarily like a, this is where I put my hand. It's just you just got to kind of grip the camera. Mm-hmm. And, I kind of felt that way when you handed it to me. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of like, yeah. there's not like a, this is where my hand goes. It's kind of a little bit of a strange feel. Do the um, best cameras have that? They're just like, this is where my hand goes. I mean, kind of, <laughs> right? Like a little, I, it's, it's, that camera does so much so well. Doesn't mm-hmm. the grip go on the left side? It does, too? yeah. So, so I, have, I have a little like additional grip mount, the trigger grip. I've got it, the same thing. It it's, goes on the left side. Yeah, it's the same with my Bronica, because well, yeah. uh, I've got the, the S2, uh, yeah, the S2A yeah. Bronica, and, uh, old boy and i've got a grip for that one too yeah. and it's on the left and it's so weird because it's it's like not my trigger finger yeah it makes so sense because it doesn't interfere with the winder right and i've thought about getting the auto winder attachment for the mamiya mm. but it adds like three pounds to the camera because you need like i think seven or eight like double a batteries it's just mm-hmm. ab- absurd it just makes me think of like early 90s boom boxes yeah where it's like Yes, you need 10 D batteries, <laughs> and that will last you an hour and a half. Yeah, as, so, I don't know, buying more clunk for that camera doesn't feel like the solution. So, mm-hmm. At that um, point, buy a, buy a large format. Well, yeah, at, at that point, buy, buy um, a Pentax 645 or something mm-hmm. that is yeah. built-in automation, right? right? And so rather than going the route of, you know, trying to make the Mamiya fit for every solution... And to also check the box of kind of wanting a, to experiment with larger negatives, like six by seven, or maybe even large format four by five, or something like that. Um, I've been I've been really tantalized by the six by nine format, mm-hmm. which is not a popular one. Six eight, I feel like is even less popular. Yeah, I think um, six six by nine. I feel like you see that enough. There are some pretty popular cameras mm-hmm. that utilize it. Not a ton of cameras. I mean, six by six is definitely the most. Mm-hmm. Six by six or six four five. Yep. Definitely mm-hmm. the most used, but um, yeah, there are some definite killer cameras in that six by nine range. Square yeah. format is tough too. Like it's a it's a unique look, and so something more common like that particular ratio. Yeah, I do really really enjoy. I think the six by seven format is mm-hmm. incredibly pleasing looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that yeah. a little bit wider than it is tall, and yeah. I really really like that. Kind of like four four by three aspect ratio yeah four by three is really satisfying yeah Yeah. but the six by nine it allows you to have just a monstrous negative and if you if you are if you are type of person who wants to crop your images for um i mean just recent experience i've i had to um make some bold decisions on some crops for my six four five images that i was getting printed Mm -hmm. um, because i couldn't get it printed in the exact format that i wanted and so i had to decide well am i going to lose the top in the bottom or am I going to lose the sides mm-hmm. and having a six by nine negative it gives you 
a lot of croppability, mm. a lot of croppability. You could go, you could bring it down to a six by six and get that full six by six size, or you could go like a cinema scope aspect ratio and go like a, a two, three, nine to, to one. Mm. And you know, you have a lot of that horizontal resolution as well. You were also looking a lot wider too, weren't you? Well, yeah, yeah. six by 17 is like the dream, Oh yeah, but it's, there is no, everything is balanced right it's Uh it's you you sacrifice one area in order to get some perk in some other area Mm -hmm. and uh i love watching nick carver's stuff on youtube he's got a a, he's got a lot of wisdom and he shoots on a shenhao 617 and that was my first nice it was my first like time seeing something it's a very unique format Mm -hmm. and very drawn to that i mean that's beautiful looking um and there are a couple of 6x17 cameras out there that are an all-in-one package. Mm-hmm. The Shenhao is a view camera, so it's very similar to like a 4x5 or an 8x10. Yeah. It's a lot of prep work, very, very specific type of shooting. Mm-hmm. You can't really just walk around on the street with it. Um, and so, I, yes, I'm really drawn to that, but not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the 6x9 is, as far as I know, it's the biggest negative you can get in a camera that is like still fairly reasonable. It, yeah. Like, How many me, shots do you get on six by 17? I want to, I don't know. I Not don't many. Know. I'm guessing like two or three, maybe four. Uh, I guess four, but that has, I have no, I would ballpark three. Yeah. I don't know. Few, but mm-hmm. it's so niche. Even, it's even like, if you got three shots per roll, mm-hmm. that is, so much better than having to swap four by five slides yeah because i'm thinking right now so because you have a roll it's protected no, no, yeah. you know it's it's yeah. yeah so if i'm doing the math correctly which i'm, I'm not a fan, fan i'm not a phenomenal mathematician however um six six by 17 is approximately three times wider than six by six mm-hmm. so a little bit under but if we're thinking if there are 12 shots per roll mm-hmm. in six by six then you'd probably be getting about three to four yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in the six by seven scene. you're you're also losing the all you know all those little gaps between frames mm-hmm. so you might gain that extra one so you might get four yeah maybe maybe i don't know but so yeah the the, the so the hunt was on first a camera that kind of checked some of those very obscure boxes mm-hmm. easy to walk around and shoot with something that is approachable medium format a mm-hmm. little bit more approachable than the mamiya in some ways like i can just throw it around my neck and it's not quite as heavy um i can get beautiful medium format negatives and have fun shooting with and, and all that and have even 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 bigger negatives than 645 and so mm-hmm. i knew that some of those cameras existed i mean the pentax 67 is is kind of checks that box but um the one that i've been looking at for a while but not really knowing if i really wanted is the the Fujika GW690. Okay. And that's yeah. kind of the one that I have my sight set on right now. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm very much... I don't know. I'm, I go between two different extremes, I suppose. So I, I really like the 6x6, just the square format. And I also like extreme widescreen. Mm-hmm. So like a 6x17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been looking for the longest time for a good... Uh, a good camera that takes very wide photos that isn't outrageously expensive. Yep. And that's very difficult to find. Mm. You know, the one that everyone knows of, which some people consider medium format, is just because of how wide it is, right. is the uh, 
the Hasselblad X-Pan, mm-hmm. which is also the Fuji... TX2. Yep. Um, great camera, great photos, uh, but... Very expensive. Very expensive, prohibitively expensive yeah. for the type of pictures you're getting. I mean, it's like two to three grand for a beat-up one. Yep. And, and it's electronic, so it could right, be a brick in two which we weeks. we just talked about in, in a recent episode. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a lot of risk. Yeah. And I'm all for niche cameras, but that's a lot of risk for me. So I've also looked toward things like the, um, gosh, I had it on my list. It's uh, another competitor to the X-Pan, um, and I'm totally spacing on the name right now. It's another, um, a Japanese company that made it, it has the rotating lens in the front. Um I'll think of the it wide later. Lux? Yeah, thank you. The Wide Lux. So yeah. Wide Lux has one, and then um, there's also the Horizon um, Perfect yep. camera that's out there. Both of those have rotating lenses, though. And the problem there is you get a lot of a lot of distortion because mm-hmm. of the way that I it takes imagine. the photos. Hmm? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, it's very unique looking. You have yeah. to have the Horizon incredible. Not not the Horizon camera, but like whenever you're taking photos with those panning mm-hmm. uh lens cameras you really have to have the horizon perfectly level and you can't be really looking up or down it's got to be super super bubble level yeah so um so it's a little bit of an issue there but then i was also looking at medium format for that because if i'm going to spend a couple grand on a camera to do a wide format picture i might as well go medium format and so mm-hmm. i've been i was mm-hmm. looking at the the fuji uh six by 17 cameras that they yep. put out so yeah, because otherwise, I don't know. There's something about the 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 six by six square format that's just intriguing. How much to me. do those run? Uh they're they're two thousand to three thousand in that yeah. range. So I mean, it's the same the same money you're going to spend on an on an X pan, except that they're usually in better shape, and I feel like they're a bit more. I don't believe there's interchangeable lenses like the X pan. I don't think they do. Yeah. No, but honestly, with the X pan, you don't. I mean, you can get interchangeable. You can change the lenses out, but I don't know of too many people that have tons of lenses. Sure, because yeah. they're think, also very expensive. I think they may have made three or four lenses for that system, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so the the GW six ninety, they do have three D printed cassettes that you can put in a thirty five mil roll. Oh, do they really? And because it's a six by nine negative, and it comes across the film plane, um, you can get really wide thirty five oh, mil shots on that that's, camera. That sounds, and it shoots over the perfs, right? Uh, yes, it does mm-hmm. shoot over yeah, there, kind, so which is kind of a, cool. Yeah, I guess. yeah. So it, it definitely checks that box. If mm-hmm. I end up going that route, which I, I I'm starting to think that I will. Yeah. Another draw for me is that something that um, you, you know, it all comes down to the experience and like the draw, like what's going to make you go out and shoot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is that like I want it to be incredibly intentional. That mm-hmm. draw for four by five, eight by ten. Yeah. The draw for studio stuff where I put the Mamiya on a tripod and I get, you know, my uh cable release and I have strobes or whatever. Like that draw is also very real. Mm-hmm. But there's also the reason that I own my Fuji um X one hundred, which is that it it does not get in my way at all. Yeah. It works with me every step of the way. The focal length I've grown to like vis- pre visualize it before I even bring the camera to my eye. Even if I'm walking around without the camera around my neck, I, I'm like, ooh, that would be a good frame. And I know mm-hmm. exactly how I'd get it and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. So getting another camera that works with me in that way in the medium format world is incredibly enticing. And I think the Fujika GW690 will do that. I could see that. It seems like it'll be in the same vein. I mean, it's much larger, but mm-hmm. it'll be in the same vein of camera. Yeah. So. And the, so the lens on the Fujika 
I believe is a 90 millimeter F 3.5. Mm-hmm. And so because of how large that negative is, if you're comparing it to a 35 mil, uh, full frame camera, it's about a 38. We were, we were doing the math 38, on it, 39, 38, yeah. 40 mil, uh, which is very similar to the, uh, to the digital Fuji that I have. And it's a still a fairly shallow depth of field. If you wanted that, mm-hmm. of course you get the rangefinder, so you can't focus quite as close, but, yeah. um, but the, the, yeah, the, the amount of kind of ease of shooting on that camera is, is the reason that I'm looking in that direction as opposed to mm. something like a Hasselblad. Yeah. So I got a little bit of a question for you guys. Yeah. What's up? So no questions here. The, yeah, not at all. Um, not, especially not during an advice hour. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> um, so for the C330, it's square, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm not mistaken. And six by six. Yeah. And if I wanted to venture into more of like a four by three ratio, Mm-hmm. But I still wanted that that feel of a TLR, something in that kind of category. What what would you guys recommend? Is there something that shoots? I don't know. I don't I'm, think there is. I, I'm trying to think of a TLR that actually shoots anything but but six by six. My recommendation would go leave the TLR world and go with something like a Bronica ETRSI, mm-hmm. mm. which is a six four five camera, very similar to the Mamiya, but you get interchangeable backs. Yeah, okay. uh, I mean, they, they made a Mamiya 645 with interchangeable backs later on, but not the one that I have. Or if you're going bigger, then go towards something. I mean, you were you mentioned it earlier. It's another one. It's one of my favorites, honestly. I've only shot one a couple times, but um, the Pentax 6.7, the big boy. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that more that of an SLR good. feel. But if, if you yeah. want the waist level, the RB 6.7. Mm-hmm. The Mamiya RB 6.7, mm-hmm. which okay. is another chunk and big camera. Yeah, I do... Uh, I'm trying to think though. Is the the Pentax six seven? Does that have interchangeable? I'm lenses. trying to think. I, yeah, I it wanted, does. No, 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 not lenses. Um, can you take off the prism? Oh, I do not know. I can't remember. There were a couple of different variants of that camera as the yeah. as time went on. So I don't. I, I want to say that one of them did. Maybe, but maybe. I can't remember exactly. Um, because that could give you. I mean, it's probably not going to be the best for focusing. Yeah. Um, compared to something that actually has you know a dedicated waist level viewfinder. Yeah. Although they might have made one for that. I don't know. I mean, they had it for the F3, so for the Nikon F3. So um, there's a possibility that Pentax made something like that. So on on your Yashica A, the the ground glass, does it have a a split prism for focusing? What's the focusing mechanism on that camera? So I'm I'm not actually sure. It's like a tiny bellows. Um, from what I understand, uh, so the front of the camera kind of rocks out, which then moves the lens and yeah. then it adjusts that way, focus mm-hmm. that way. So when you're, when you're looking down at the ground glass, yeah, are you seeing just like a very just like a regular old image, and then you have to just like eyeball the focus that way, or is yeah. there like a little like a circle with like a cr- like a hair through the middle of it? No, there's nothing like there's nothing okay. like that. Mm-hmm. No, so you just have to flip up a little tiny eyepiece, just which is also super cool. Yeah, um, and then focus that way. So that's that, how that's old. I mean, that's as rudimentary as the focus focus systems get. Mm-hmm. That's uh, if I remember correctly, because I've got the I've got a uh, gosh um, a Yashica. Uh, I can't remember the model. I can't remember the model, but it's also a twin lens. Mm. Is it um, the the um, shoot? No, I'm forgetting. It's like the uh, it's the um. It's it not the one the, that everyone has. No, it's okay. not. It's it's older. It actually has a, a built-in um, a selenium light meter on it, which is great because oh, it still okay. functions. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it's the EM. The EM okay. is what I've got. 
Um, but that one also does not have a split prism in there it, mm. or a, a split uh, focusing system for the ground glass. It's just flat like like yours is, it sounds yeah. like. Um, which I do wonder if some of those you could buy aftermarket stuff because I know that, you know, in the in the specifically the Hasselblads, they had a lot of different focusing mm-hmm. screens. I mean, 35 mil, a lot of camera like Nikon's Pro line, the F2, the F3, you could get um, you could change out the focusing screens in that yep. to get different types of focusing aids. So, yeah. I I wonder if it's the same with some of those too. Maybe maybe even if it's not something that uh, you know was originally advertised. I know I've had to do a little bit of a repair to my my Bronica S two A, and I've had to take out the ground glass in that to to make some of the repairs. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I wonder know. if you can get something like that for that camera. That's just it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you're you're so used to that very stripped down rudimentary focusing mechanism. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know if, if, uh, is that, is that a particular draw to another camera is like a, a more maybe accurate focusing system? Not necessarily. Okay. Not are necessarily. you, are, are you someone that likes to shoot really shallow or do you tend to go for the five, six F eights? Um, it kind of depends on what I'm shooting portraiture. I typically go more shallow okay. just to draw and focus. Yeah. Um, but also, there there's something about the Yashica that I enjoy too, and this could I mean this is basically just the lens, but the 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 edges of the frame, the distortion that you get out of it, uh, that that too is something that I've loved about that camera. Yeah. So making sure that I can. It's funny because I feel like a lot of the things that you like about it are the character and the imperfections. Yeah. And so the cameras that we tend to go toward, I mean, you're the only one that that I know of in the group that owns a, uh, what was it? It wasn't, um, the toy camera, the Holga, the Holga. Thank you. I was going to say Dana. Um, the Holga. Yeah. You're the only person in the group that, that rocks the Holga. Yeah. And I feel like that really speaks to your style of photography and that you're like, Oh yeah, you're all about the imperfections and the character of the image. Um, Whereas I think a lot of us are like, oh, this this lens is sharper, it, it has less distortion, it's mm. less this, less yep. that. And you're like, no, that's what I love about it. Which is hard because then in, in terms of the recommendations, I'm like, I don't know. It, like the the cameras that I would I would say to go toward are because they are more technically perfect. Mm-hmm. That's the hard thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of research to do on it though. Mm-hmm. If you really want a big chunky camera, um, the the RZ six seven, mm-hmm. which um, is much better. Like the lens selection of the RZ is much better than the yeah. RB. Now you're talking three times the price once yeah. you get into that system. Then well, at least double the price of the Mamiya C three thirty. But then the RB, which correct me if I'm wrong, that's the older variant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is this virtually the same camera? It's just bi- a little bit bigger and heavier. Yeah, and I, I don't think the plastic. lenses. I don't know that the lenses are cross compatible between the two. Oh, really? If I remember, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm because, not sure about that. Yeah, our good. Well, our friend Chris Yates, who shoots out in Cali, he has an RZ. Okay. And his comment about it was that the lenses you can get for it are much better than what you get with RB. Which leads me to think that they may not be compatible. Otherwise, sure. it wouldn't matter which better body. Better in what way? 
Uh, sharper, less distortion, things like that. I mean, that's Which not things, really things, what we're I know. talking about. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, if you want to go cheaper, the RB might be your way to go. Yeah. Right. I would need to look, though, in, in terms of reliability because yeah. I don't know much about those two. Yeah. They've never really appealed to me. Mm. So I haven't really done enough research to know, you know, are they are they mechanical, electronic? What's yeah. the reliability? Because yeah. it's during one of those eras where I feel like some of those electronic cameras... Uh, just aren't up to... They're not going to last that long. Right. Yeah. But something that I do know is, I mean, it's a 6x7 camera, so if you kind of want more of that 4x3 look... Mm-hmm. With a waist level. With a waist level, you get that. And I believe you can also shoot it with a 6x6 back. Mm. So you can get a 6x6 back or a 6x7 back. Now, that may only be for the R, the, the newer version, the RZ, mm-hmm. but I believe that you can do that on the what's RZ. The, what's the camera that has the rotating back? That's the RZ. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. We've talked about the RZ yeah. before, and I've always kind of liked it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I have to do a lot of more research on it, um, to get a better feel for it, you know the differentiation between the RB and the RZ. Yeah. If I'm gonna make a decision, but yeah, I'm not sure. It is definitely. Uh, both of those cameras are very much made for the studio mm-hmm. because they have those bellows focusing, kind of like yeah. the C330. Yeah. And the more like walk around it's funny the more of the walk around camera you know is what people go to is the pentax 67 yeah. which is still an absolute tank of, oh, a, yeah. len- of a camera phenomenal cam- sounding yeah. shutter oh yeah and, and lens oh, slap yeah if you want to wake the dead yeah that's that's how you do it but the the rz kind of goes back into that um the same kind of thing i was talking about earlier with the with my mamiya the 645 which is it doesn't really feel all the way right in a certain way, whereas mm. even a TLR, it fits in your hand so much more mm-hmm. uh, naturally and comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that feel like... button lines up perfectly with your hand and everything. There aren't many cameras that are that compact yep. compared to, you know, when, when you're talking about medium format. The, tw- the twin lens reflex cameras are just so tiny for mm-hmm. what you get. I mean, especially you get into the Roloflexes, which are also, they're going to be more expensive than your, your RZs. There are, you know... To get something that's mint of of the Roloflex variant with the the preferred glass, which is the two eight, right? Um, I mean, you're looking at two grand easy. Yep. Yeah. And they're they're super old, but incredibly well made. I mean, that German manufacturing, mm-hmm. those things are a tank, um, and just keep going. But they're also not that big. You know, yeah. even with the two eights, they're not big compared to. You know, you look at, at like the Hasselblads that have the two eights, and and they're not huge cameras either. They're bigger in other ways. Yes, yeah, they're much. Like yeah. The lens is just by the you know, just the fact that on a TLR you can get that lens so close to the film plane, mm-hmm. whereas uh, on an interchangeable SLR like the Hasselblad, um, you just you can't get the, the the lens close to the film plane. So the the, the lens optics and everything just have to be bigger and mm-hmm. plus when you talk about interchangeable lens systems they just have to be bigger kind of an exception but also not an exception is the the bronica the early bronicas the s the s2 s2a um because they um they did something a little bit unique where the lens or not the lens the mirror doesn't flip up it goes down it slides down underneath and so they were able to get the lens farther into the camera. 
I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So like the Bronica, you look at the Bronica S2A and it kind of looks like a snub nose uh, you yeah. know, camera because the lens is so recessed into the camera body. Yeah. Mm. It's bigger in other ways. Like I feel like they could have saved some space in other spots, but, um, so like I haven't hold, I haven't held the Bronica next to a Hasselblad, but I'm pretty sure the body of the Bronica is bigger, but the lens doesn't stick out as far. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of sacrificing yeah. in one way. Which for I mean a six by six camera, it's not bad in size. Yeah, it just isn't. Hmm. So we've talked kind of about like kind of two poles, right? So there's mm-hmm. the TLR that Cody's looking at. Mm-hmm. There's the medium format rangefinder that I'm kind of looking at. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, Brandon, that you're looking at as uh, as you know maybe to complete the set? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard because. I definitely want something that's that's widescreen. There's something yeah. about you know we shoot anamorphic at work mm-hmm. um, with you know our Aries and our you know whatever else. It, we we have um, Cook uh, special flare um, anamorphic lenses, yeah. which are just mm-hmm. I I don't know what to say <laughs> about those lenses. They're just they got it going on. They're heaven on earth. Um, the stuff that you can get with those, just the the natural flares, and every time I see that, I'm like, man, I, I see the finished shots, and I'm like, I, I want to get that on film. Yeah, you know, not not shooting motion picture film, but like I want stills like that. Yep. Mm. Um, so I've picked up some filters for my my cameras to try and like get the flares and all that. But like in the end, the main thing that I want is I want a wide negative. Mm-hmm. That's just being cinematographers. It's kind of part of the way that we mm-hmm. see things is mm. in that that wide scope. Um, and so I want to recreate that in stills. Um, so without just maybe without just cropping your negative. Yeah, because I mean, I've got, uh, you know, even on my point and shoot my 28 Ti, it has a panoramic mode, which really just drops a blinder over the top and, yeah. and over the bottom. And just all it's doing is cropping your image just in the camera. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's fine if that's what you're looking for. It even gives the guides and the viewfinder of, you know, what what you're taking mm-hmm. but i don't know it's that's 35 mil so you're cropping in even more and i want i, I want something bigger something you can blow up onto a poster or yeah something. yeah so it's so unsatisfying to crop into your negative i know it's like man and the I, real estate's there and i'm just chopping away. i will say i'm 35 for sure yeah on medium oh, format yeah. i feel like i can give a little more mm-hmm. yeah well that's that's my problem with the square format uh, with my twin is that I'm like if I want to get that four three aspect ratio yeah. cutting into and cutting yeah. into to I, real estate I just don't like it I, I, yeah. I have kind of tried to embrace the six by six look with a lot of my stuff mm. like even when I post to Instagram you'll see most of my pictures I don't um, if they if they are larger than a square I'll tend to crop them into a square yeah um, if I'm shooting 35 mil, I'll kind of choose that for, I mean, it's for Instagram. I'm not printing it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I do really like kind of embracing that square format. It's, it's very versatile and it's very neat for me yeah. cause mm-hmm. it's all similar. I don't have, you know, sizes going on all over the place. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's also, like I said, that's not something that I'm printing or blowing up large. It's just going to Instagram. So I do have yeah. more of a problem when I'm cropping otherwise, but that's why I think one of the reasons I, I really like shooting six by six is I like that square too. So, I don't know. In terms of completing the set, it's I don't need anything else. Uh, you know, if anything, if I wanted to to pick something up, I'd probably pick up the Fuji, um, the six by seventeen. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I also at some point want to pick up a Hasselblad and a Roloflex. 
So we'll see yeah. if slash when that happens. Um, we have a budget item on our uh, our budgeting software where we're setting aside a little bit every now and then for like a Hasselblad or something. <laughs> and I I found a really great deal on a quick release adapter for Roloflex a while back. It was it was mint condition unopened, and it was Wait, like what is a quick release? So adapter? you put it on your tripod. And then, I mean, it's the same way. So, like, the it fits with the Roloflex, and the Roloflex clicks into that quick release, so you don't have to thread it onto a tripod plate okay. all the time. Okay. Like, really specially cool. made for that camera. Specially made by Roloflex for okay. it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I picked it up. And I don't have Roloflex, but it, I've never seen one before, and it was, like, $20, and most of them were selling for more, and this was unopened. So I picked it up, and I was like, that is my... And, and, and that's going to... Ensure that one day yeah. I pick up a Roloflex because otherwise I'm just an idiot for having a, a quick release <laughs> adapter for a camera I don't own. Yes, otherwise. Yes. So, <laughs> so it, eventually I'll I'll pick something like that up. Yeah. Um, and you know I just it's I mentioned it in in a past episode that I'm not one to pick up a you know if I have one camera in my sights and then I go for the cheaper version I'm never going to be fully happy with yeah. that. Um, so it's the same way with the Hasselblad. I've always wanted a Hasselblad. That was always uh, that was one of the first cameras I wanted to pick up, but I could just never pull myself to drop the money on one. Sure. And so I bought the Bronica, which is kind of a it was a Hasselblad competitor, and in a lot of ways, it's like a Hasselblad clone and and kind of design and look. It's got the chrome on the sides, yeah. and you know, it's a it's an eighty mil or mine might be a seventy five mil two point eight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, very, very similar in optics made by Ni- by Nikon, stuff like that. So it's, it's a great camera, but mm. I still want a Hasselblad. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll happen one of these days. It's, it's hard these days because I don't really need anything else. It's more of like, a, you know, the joy of shooting with a new camera or with something different that I have experienced once or twice but yeah yeah you have like seven on your or eight or ten on, on my list. list yeah one of the i mean the the list continuously gets shorter i try not to add to it like you I, keep I, buying them. <laughs> well I, I know that's what i mean but uh, uh you know there are some that have been consistently on there for probably the last six years which are like the hasselblad the roloflex the pentax 67 mostly just because they're all very unique to shoot with and mm. Um, the Hasselblad and the Roloflex in particular, just such fine machinery. They feel like, yeah, like nothing else. Um, like a clock. Yeah. I mean, I've got a, another large format on there, a Nikon F100 to get a Nikon camera with autofocus. Mm. And, mm-hmm. You um, have some experience with that camera too. You shot with F100. Yeah. 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 It's a nice camera. It's, um, uh, you know, the current modern high end film camera that Nikon produces, which crazy enough, they still produce yeah. is the Nikon F6 which is a beast of a camera, not crazy heavy, but just super capable. Um, it was a kind of a competitor to the, the Canon one V, but Nikon just keeps making it. Yeah. Um, and it's the only film camera that they still make. Yeah. There's also like the F, uh, they, they make another entry level film camera. That's, that's more manual, Yeah. but they don't make it themselves. I believe it's, Uh it's, outsourced to rico or or one of the others interesting uh so the only one that they actually make is the f6 gotcha. mm. um and the f100 is like the baby brother of that yeah uh still super capable i'd, I'd compare like the f6 is their version of like the i don't know i'm trying to think of like the high-end d cameras that uh, yeah. dslrs that they made like the d5 or, like the d5 or 
you know, Canon's one series cameras. And then the F100 is more of like the 5D series or like the the D800. Yeah, something like that. So not quite as as high end, but also some of the big features are like faster, faster uh, burst. Yeah, burst modes and stuff like that, which I don't really care about. So um, I think one of the other big things about this, and I know we're off topic, but the other thing about that camera is it does not meter with every manual lens. The F100? I don't the F6? think it does. The, okay. the F6 does. Wait, for sure. I, I don't know. It's a Nikon thing where yeah, it, it, yeah. it needs certain things in order to... Like, I know yours does, but they, re, they removed... Because Nikon has had the same lens mount for so long, there have been variations to that mount that... Mm. It's like they're all technically compatible, but yep. kind of not at the same time. Gotcha. So it won't yep. auto-meter with, I think, like the pre-AI... Yeah, lenses. Like Some the of them strange. Like the newest ones have like all these contact pins. The mm-hmm. slightly older, like the D variants, they had a bunch of autofocus pins and and other you know like communication kind of pins. Mm-hmm. But they the, the actual focus motor was in the camera body, and then they switched away from that, and they did the, the focusing motors were in the lenses themselves. So a lot of those kind of like the mm-hmm. crosstalk isn't always a hundred percent. Gotcha. Um, but so, what are some medium format cameras that you guys? think are really really cool but you would never buy oh there's one that immediately there's not much that i won't buy Uh, that's true (laughs) so this is gonna be a tough one for you brandon there's one that immediately comes to mind going off of like the the knob focusing like bellows big cameras there's a fuji and the name is escaping me right now but it is another six by nine or it may be a six by eight camera is it the one that's similar Wait, we, are you talking about the a rangefinder or no? It's a okay. big studio camera with bellows focusing, and like it's, it's just an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. It actually has like these massive rails that the whole like oh, lens and everything slides about. on. Oh, yeah. It is huge. Yeah, but it's got a big negative. It's like six eight or six nine, mm-hmm. and it just looks so cool. It 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 looks like a you know piece of like army artillery mm-hmm. or something. It's really really cool, mm-hmm. and it not practical at all. Probably for anybody but mm-hmm. uh but it would be wow that's a, that's a yeah. cool camera yeah. I, I mean i don't i don't i was gonna say i don't know if there's any particular medium format camera that i'm i've gotta have and maybe i wouldn't buy it um yeah i don't I, know i could say this much there aren't cameras that i just flat out wouldn't buy but there are definitely there's definitely a hierarchy while i do pick up a decent amount of cameras most of them are just super cheap like oh I find this in a you know an antique shop or something mm. I don't actively seek out that many cameras these days yeah um, and so and I think the last one within within the last year I think the primary one was the Nikonos V or five um, outside of that I I mean and the Canonet so those are like within the last year the only two cameras that I can that I know that I sought out everything mm. else was just random finds in a garage sale or something yeah. Um, yeah. But so I try to keep myself to a hierarchy of this is my list. These are the cameras I want, and I'm not going to seek out other cameras. Um, and so ones that would not fall into like I don't shoot enough medium format where I'm going to have ten medium format cameras because it just doesn't make sense for me. Um, so medium format rangefinders don't appeal to me. I don't know why, but they just don't appeal to me. Mm. So mm. the ones that you were looking at, but I think part of it being <laughs> so the much. ground glass look. Yeah. Uh, like looking through ground glass 
um, is overrated. Is what you're gonna say? No. Well, I was gonna say it's <laughs> I'm it's it's what uh, it's one of the things that draws me to medium format. Yeah, is that experience of looking through either a waist level or something else and just seeing the image on that ground glass it's is just same bright. reason large so format good. it just looks yeah. it's a so different good. look it's so special um yeah you sing uh, yeah, yeah. so good it so is. good so the, the camera that a huge big boy six by eight camera i couldn't think of the name is the fujifilm gx 680 oh and it is an absolute yep, monster mm-hmm. there's a lot of numbers behind that it is. Just I want to say tank. either uh, either Robert's camera in Indianapolis or Central Camera. Wait, had one on display. Yeah, I'm it's sure they did. Huge. I love and that. yeah, I mean, if it was in Central, it's gone now. If if you guys didn't hear, it's you know we've had the the riots and everything over and, and the protests and all of that going on. Um, being from Chicago, there were some pretty intense ones there, and uh, someone, well, maybe multiple people, uh, they basically burnt. Uh, central camera so it's yeah. and it from what i understand it destroyed just about everything inside so yeah. it's it's almost an entire loss um there's some absolutely gorgeous pieces of history in that store yeah it's really really it's a uh, it's it's unfortunate you know and it's just stuff at mm-hmm. the end of the day it's just yeah. metal and, and, and plastic you know it, people it, you will know. say oh we're putting too much stress on that in particular right now because that's not the ultimate you know there are more important things than things like cameras but i would also say we're a camera podcast yeah you know so i'm i'm not saying that the stuff that was lost in there is more valuable than human lives or anything of that nature but i am going to say that our focus is not on politics our focus is on cameras and so for the camera community that was a pretty big loss to lose i mean central camera is the oldest camera store in the city of chicago uh, that's still operating and it's uh you know it's been featured plenty of places just because it, it had so much in there, so much history. So much history. They had their first camera, which thankfully that was the only thing that was saved, it, but their first camera um, that they ever sold, they had on display in there because someone had like donated it back. Mm, yeah. Um, and they saved that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I can't, I, I remember walking in there and their collection just, of large formats. Just surrounded format. by just vintage glass. Yeah. Like in it, oh, so much wisdom it, too. It mm-hmm. felt like a museum in yeah. in some kind of ways. Yeah. Because um, half the stuff I'm sure never sold. But yeah, just seeing all that, all that glass, it was great. It's the kind of store that like you couldn't just yeah. make that store today. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's it's total. It's a it's a time machine it, it really yeah it's a total piece of the past that unfortunately Absolutely. is lost to the past at this point so. mm-hmm. and they're supposed to rebuild so we'll see what they get yeah you know i'm sure over time they'll get a new collection and it'll be great their, but, their uh, new philosophy is just going to be no film just digital oh god the past is dead <laughs> live in yeah, the future yeah, i feel like they alienate quite a few people <laughs> <by doing that. laughs> okay so, so last one of my last questions is what is your recommendation for someone who wants to get into medium format? Ooh, we talked good. about this a little bit while back when we talked about medium format versus 35. Get a toy camera. Okay, Cody. Okay. Hot take from Cody. Not Toy camera not, being not not one that's like a joke camera, but like an actual Holga. What, wasn't there one, the Dana? The Diana. Diana. Yeah. Except it's, yes. not, it's not really a toy. It's still hundreds of dollars. Is it? Okay. It I, just I, takes crap pictures. Uh, <laughs> the, the, so the Holga toy that yeah, I no, got was only like 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah. And right. Lomo makes a ton like that too. I mean, Lomo's yeah. got a lot of medium format cameras yeah. that really aren't that expensive. If you, if you um, do get it, don't shoot at the F11. Shoot at like F8. 
because okay. then you get really get the vignetting on the edges and okay. somebody the who's not accustomed to it yeah. might be like, what is wrong? Um, but yeah, no, I, it's cheap mm-hmm. and you get to experiment around with a larger real estate. Yeah. And I mean, I recommend 50 bucks to, to test something out, you know, in a roll. Yeah. I mean, if you're really getting into it and you've already been into film mm-hmm. for, for quite some time with 35, then maybe start looking for those higher end pieces. Yeah. But and I just want to correct myself. I was totally, you brought up Lomo. I am totally mixing up my cameras. I was mistaken. The Diana is super cheap. Okay. It's like in that ballpark of like 50 bucks or something. I'm thinking of the LCA medium format. Oh, Which is okay. actually like glass optics. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a much, much more significant design. And that is a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure. Yeah. Kind of cor- correct the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure someone will write about it in the comments <laughs> or something. Yeah, I, for me... My reason for getting into medium format was was more of the the size of the negative and the the clarity and the character of that negative rather than I, I'm not a big toy camera guy, mm. um, so I think we vary pretty extremely there. My <laughs> my recommendation honestly would be look at some of the underrated cameras that produce great images. So things like the mm. Yashica cameras mm-hmm. that are you know they 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 had a ton of of um, uh, variants on those some of them even had f2.8 lenses on them um which would match the roloflex um, yeah but but they're significantly cheaper i mean they're going up but yep. they're still significantly cheaper yep. I, I picked the one that i've got the em which is I, I that camera is just so great um not much plastic on the thing it's almost entirely metal i picked it up for a couple hundred bucks i think now they go for more like five um and if you can find it in the right spot i mm-hmm. i got my yashica my box camera for only like I want to say 65 bucks, 60 bucks or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. So the Yashikas, yeah. I like the Yashikas and I also really like the Bronicas. Yeah. To be honest, mm-hmm. not the, not the electronic ones. I'm, I'm, if I'm going with a Bronica, I'm going with a, one of the ones that's more mechanical. So, um, the S, the S2, the S2A, I, I prefer the S2A mostly because they had the earlier ones had, um, softer metal and the gears and would strip out mm. sometimes so it was an issue with the s2 and the s and the s2 and the mm. s the s wasn't nearly as refined um so the s2a fixed that problem and it's just a solid camera i've i've dropped one down a set of stairs before mm. and it's still great it just dented in the lens cap and everything else just kept working great so um you can't say that about I, a lot of cameras i would also say i was not the one that dropped it down there i was pushing a stroller and a guy what helped me to move the stroller out of the way of someone else who was coming through and tipped it and knocked oh. my camera out. And Oof. so it, it was in a leather case, but like a, a leather slip cover and it just yeah. fell down the stairs. And I was just, I was not the happiest that day, <laughs> but it still keeps working. still keeps functioning as a great camera. Um, I would just say with either one of those, it might be a good idea to find someone to service it, kind of mm. refoam it yeah. and all of that, because I mean, those cameras, both the Yashikas and the Bronicas, you're looking at 50-plus-year-old cameras at yep. this point, um, which will last another 50 years if you take care of them, but get them refoamed, get them serviced and all of that because it'll. Uh, I'd hate for you to start out and get demoralized by having a blank roll or something mm-hmm. like that. So. so if I could go back and do it again, step into the medium format world fresh, but with the knowledge that I have now, I think I would go with the Bronica ATRSI. Okay. And there's a couple of reasons behind that. It has interchangeable backs. Mm-hmm. 
it's still very inexpensive. You can get one for less than five hundred dollars with with a lens and maybe even a handle, a nice viewfinder. Uh, it's still a very modular camera. You can swap out pretty much anything you want on it. Mm-hmm. And the hand grip goes on the correct side. Oh, on the right. And it it like bolts in. It's not it's not electronic. You just it just gives you a little thumb winder. Mm-hmm. And that's just the most brilliant thing in the world. And it's six four five, which is I think if you're gonna get into medium format. It's a great place to it's get in. It's tempting to just want to jump to a Pentax 6.7 or something. Mm-hmm. If you have that kind of cash, go for it. If you are, you know, if $500 on a camera is a lot for you, then 6.45 is a really great place to, to start because you're going to spend less on film. And the ETRSI is not something that you're going to grow out of right mm-hmm. away. Like, you're, it, I don't know. I 6.45 is still an incredibly, incredibly fun format. Mm-hmm. And that's, that camera you can use in the studio. You can use it out on the street. Uh, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it, and it's going to give you that medium format experience. Yeah. Um, and it's totally worth it. Uh, we were, we were kind of joking earlier that um, I don't really enjoy shooting unless I'm shooting medium format these days, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of true. Yeah. There is something that uh, medium format does that 35 just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you kind of have that itch, I don't know. I can go both ways on it. You know, there's... There's a, a lot of pressure and temptation when you when you start getting into photography, and you know eventually you'll want to try film, and then eventually if you try film, you'll want to get into medium format because that's where the real fun is to be had. But um, if you have a genuine a, a genuine longing for something a little bit more than thirty five, try it out. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yeah, I also find it interesting. And in, on in all three of our recommendations, none of us mentioned a Mamiya, none of us mentioned a Hasselblad. Uh, none of us yeah. really recommended a Pentax, partly because I feel like so much right now in film in general is when someone famous or when there's an article that comes out about something yep. uh, about a particular camera or if it's a well-known brand, so Hasselblad Mamiya, uh, the prices on those cameras skyrocket because they're a limited resource and so yeah. everyone wants one. It's in vogue. Mm. Yeah. And so... I think people forget that there were so many great brands of cameras out there, uh, many of which are not around anymore. But they're, you know, do a little bit of research and, and find those cameras that are just as capable that aren't, you know, the popular camera. Yeah. I mentioned the Bronicas in particular. You mentioned Bronica too. It's because they had a lot of the same capability. Like they were gunning for Hasselblad. Yeah. And in some ways in some ways they were better yeah um they they offered some unique features and they had things like interchangeable backs and i mean my my s2a has interchangeable backs it's all chrome and it's solid steel you know it's crazy but it's a couple hundred bucks yeah Mm. it's not 1200 yeah it never Um, really lived in the spotlight of like modern film photography yeah and and to be honest it's not as good as a Hasselblad yeah it isn't it just isn't it's not as good as a Mamiya you can tell a difference in those cameras a more a little bit more refinement however I would venture to say it's very difficult to tell a difference between the the images you get out of all of those yep people will say oh it's got the Hasselblad look or it's got the Mamiya look or whatever Mm. and that may be true you know there are certain things with the lenses that were just a little bit better but not by that much, you yeah. know, not, not a thousand dollars better. Yeah. Um, mm. so start with the cheap ones cause there are yeah. a lot of solid ones out there right now for not that much money. And as low as $50, as you know, low as $50, that's it's, we might disagree on whether that is a great camera, but, some, <laughs> but, um, if that's the look you're going for, then yeah, yeah. do it. I mean, it's, I mean, that's a hundred dollar experiment, Yeah. right? You buy a roll of film, 
you buy a, a, a toy camera, whether or not that's a Diana or whatever, mm-hmm. and you go, you, you spend 20 or 30 bucks getting it developed and scanned. Yeah. That's a $100 experiment. Mm-hmm. And in the world of photography, that's a really, really valuable lesson to have mm-hmm. for that much money. Oh, I yeah. mean, you're going to oh, learn yeah. a lot from that experience. Mm-hmm. Even if it's your first time trying out a film camera, yeah. that's mm-hmm. going to be a really, really great time. Yeah. yeah. And like we said on one of the recent podcasts or uh, uh, blog uh, posts, pretension has no place in film photography. It's true. So no. you can't, you know, there's, there's no reason to, I may not particularly like the toy cameras, but I, don't have a problem with them. Yeah, you I know, mean, it's that, because it's a perfectly legitimate form of medium format photography. That yeah. picture I got of Daniel, yeah, and yeah. you know, in the graffiti alley, yeah, like that looked legit. Oh and yeah, and that was out of the toy camera. It's also mm-hmm. it just having Cody walk around with you know, with that toy camera, consistently puts a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Like I get the the fun experience through that, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that that's valuable too. And mm-hmm. I also think it reminds me it's not about the gear. You know, I, I try to remind myself about that. Like, I, I enjoy the the mechanics and all of that, but it, mm-hmm. uh, of the equipment. But in the end, it's a nice reminder of like, I respect your photography a lot, and I'm like, he's shooting on a toy camera. And so, <laughs> like that that in and of itself makes those cameras more legitimate to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, we'll end it there. Uh, it's just under an hour, so we'll uh, we'll pick this up again. We'll have hopefully another time when we're looking at picking something up or you know just delving into a particular topic we'll have another advice hour thing um but yeah send us any questions you have or uh any topics you want us to cover in the future and we'll do that thanks a lot for listening and be sure to check out our instagram at that vintage lens and our website at thatvintagelens.com. plus the podcast is just about everywhere now so you're listening to it obviously but share it with a friend get other people uh interested in it too and let's uh Let's make this group of film photographers even bigger. All right, thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.